1: I am Dean Linky, and I'm so proud to say we got a big show tonight. Tonight at 7 o'clock at Dorrance Field, the University of North Carolina Tar Heels will take on Tony Deleuze and the Wake Forest Demon Deacons. Of course, the Tar Heels led by the legend that is Anson Dorrance, and they're always led by outstanding players, including longtime U.S. Youth National Team superstar Brianna Pinto. She is a wonderful player. She also is a woman of color who's got a strong voice, a smart voice. A voice where you just sit back and soak it in and a bright future. I mean, I must say, not only does she sound like she could play in the Olympics and the World Cup for the USA, she sounds like she could be the next president of the United States. I'm not kidding you. That's how sharp this young woman is. Brianna Pinto, arguably one of the best players in the country, will kick off the show and then take on Wake Forest tonight. After her, I'm so proud to tell you about what we're doing with Julio Serrano. He is the chair of the Latino Soccer Coaches Advocacy Group. And because of his great work, he's opened the door for an exciting five-part series to have the United Soccer Coaches Latino Coaches Advocacy Group Heritage Month. That means five amazing Latino soccer coaches Each with a different perspective, a different message, a different journey, and we kick it off with Arturo Hernandez, who is a coach in Pennsylvania by way of East Central LA, and he's getting it done. He's all in like me with Julio Serrano, and his message is about just being yourself. I like it, and a great way to kick off this five-part series thanks to Julio Serrano. Up third, we continue to wrap up our Big Ten in 10, something we did earlier this summer and wanted to share with you. Visits with all nine Big Ten coaches and a distinguished alumni. Today it's Michigan State. Damon Rensing got his team to several Elite Eights College Cup just a couple years ago. Dewan Jones was on that College Cup team. He's now playing right back for Bruce Arena. Those two are on. And then we end, I'm so excited to tell you that we have tracked down all 30, 30 under 30 members from this past year's class. That's right. All 15 women, all 15 men. The last man we were able to chase down, Gabriel Rocha. And they all were great. I got to tell you, you're going to love this guy. He's basically coaching for free, Doing it for his community. His dad coached at AYSO for 20 years. He's now coaching with his dad. He's doing it for free. He does have aspirations 10 years from now to maybe helping the U.S. win the World Cup. So you got to like that, too. Gabriel Rocha, 30 under 30, full stop, done. And we kick it off after this message from our presenting sponsor, Team Snap.
0: Does managing your club or league feel like a second job? If so, you might need some help. With Team Snap, you can get it. Their customers save up to 15 hours each week on tasks such as communication, registration, scheduling, and more. Plus, everything you need is online, which means no more trips to the bank, no more lost checks, and no more colossal spreadsheets. Bring your club or league into the 21st century with Team Snap. Go to TeamSnap.com NSCAA1.
2: Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches Podcast presented by TeamSnapp. If you listen to the show every week, you know that Anson Dorrance is a regular. This is what Anson Dorrance said about Rihanna Alexis Pinto. He says, Rihanna will be one of the top players in the collegiate game, despite the fact she'll only be a junior. What she brings is a remarkable athletic platform where you can combine everything, like her speed element, her quickness element, and her agility element. She is the real deal. I've seen her in person. I know she's the real deal. And she joins us now. Brianna Pinto, thanks for being with us.
3: Oh, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to speak with you.
2: Yeah, Brianna, we want to get into some heavy topics, but first we want to talk about your incredible journey because it's not just with North Carolina. You are a fixture with the U.S. Soccer Youth National Team Program. Talk about what it means to wear the red, white, and blue.
3: It is a dream come true, and it's been ultimately a privilege to play for the United States and be able to travel the world playing the game that I love so much. I've been fortunate to be traveling with the United States national team for around seven years now. It's brought some of the most memorable moments in my life.
2: Along the way, it was pretty clear that you wanted to be a Tar Heel. Talk about your decision to join Anson at UNC.
3: I grew up a Tar Heel. I think my parents brainwashed me from a young age since they're alumni as well, but I always dreamed of playing for Anson Dorrance because I knew that he could motivate me in a way that I would maximize my potential. And my experience so far, being a member of the UNC women's soccer team, has lived up to everything that I could have ever expected and even surpassed those expectations. And I'm just incredibly grateful to be here and to learn from Anson every day and and the rest of the staff and continue my journey getting better every single day.
2: I'm glad you mentioned your parents. Your family is simply one of the most amazing families in the world and I mean that sincerely. Your dad, Hassan, your beautiful mom, and you've got two siblings that also have made it in the college game and then seeing what you do. What's it called, the pencil way, the pencil life? What's the theme?
3: (laughs) Yeah, my dad has a hashtag called that pencil life. It's something we all joke about and laugh about, but it's his thing, and it allows him to find all his posts on social media and just relive all the incredible experiences we've had as a family.
2: Well, and I know that they have given you this great platform to achieve your goals. Just talk about what it's been like to be in that family, because every time I see it, it's all smiles. It's hard work. It's hard work, but it's a lot of love, right?
3: Absolutely. I'm so thankful for my family. They've been the best support system, and they've been through everything with me, and they've supported me along the way. So with that being said, from a young age, they always encouraged us to – dream as big as possible and they also reiterated that anything you set your mind to is possible as long as you dedicate all of your heart all of your mind and trust in the lord's plan and i'm just incredibly blessed to say that i've achieved so many of my lifelong goals but i think without the values that my parents have instilled in my brothers and i i don't think any of this would have been possible i've got to
2: admit brianna pinto when i think about you and i close my eyes first as a player i think magic i mean just your touch your movement your ability to get in pockets your ability to strike the ball and your ability to play both ways Then the other vision i have now is the one from just a week or so ago that made social media and it's you almost looking up to god as we deal with all of this social injustice that we need to wipe away and i want to start with that because that photograph and feeling your passion through that photograph this movement where i've made it a mission every week to keep the dialogue going we got to keep the dialogue going brianna we got to stop about the skin color we got to just keep moving everybody's got to be the same right
3: absolutely But something I'm really passionate about, and that picture was during the Student Athlete March, which my roommate, Rachel Jones, helped organize. I think that event was one of the most memorable events I've had at at Carolina because it showed me that all the other student athletes and the staffs from all the teams, they really do care about us and they value us as people before athletes. And I think it's important to recognize the unique people we each are before seeing us as an athlete, because ultimately we are so much more than what you see on our playing fields or our courts. Talk about
2: your acceptance with U.S. soccer, with your top club teams, with UNC. Obviously, there's more and more outstanding black athletes and a ton of them that have come through the University of North Carolina. We know about Desco McDonald. We know about Crystal Dunn. And and the list is even longer. But talk about how your acceptance has gone and what you've experienced.
3: U.S. soccer has been great. They've allowed me to grow in more ways than I could have expected. I think the most helpful way is they've pushed me to think about my future beyond. So even though representing the women's national team at the highest level in an Olympics and the World Cup is my dream, I've been pushed to think about what's after that. So the experience representing the United States Soccer Federation in Russia was extremely touching because I helped bring the 2026 World Cup back to the States and to Canada and Mexico as well. And that faith they put in to me, I'm extremely grateful for because, first of all, I'm a woman. First of all, I'm a person of color. And in today's political climate where America is perceived as very divisive, I don't think people expected that. So for me to be up on stage with the highest people in North American soccer and speaking about my experiences as a footballer, I think that was the most beautiful moment for me being a part of the U.S. Soccer Federation. And then beyond that, like I've had the opportunity to travel to, I think, 22 or 23 countries and you get a perspective of the world that I don't think I would otherwise have, and you gain a deeper appreciation for the things we do have in our home environment, like the training facilities and the support staff and just all the resources that they have to offer to us because that's not realistic in a lot of other places. So to answer your question, like the acceptance into U.S. soccer has crafted the course of my life in many aspects. And I'm incredibly grateful for everything that's happened in the past, and I'm super excited to get back into things going forward in the future.
2: And how about your acceptance at the University of North Carolina?
3: So for the University of North Carolina, just being here and being a student athlete, I get to become part of a dynasty. So to relate it to U.S. soccer, I get to be a part of a family dynamic where you've got players like Mia Hamm, Christine Lilly, Crystal Dunn, Ashlyn Harris, and so many more that have gone on to represent the United States and be fixtures in that team. I think that's so cool. And we have this hashtag that talks about Go Heels, Go America. And I really do think we're one of the hotbeds for talent production in the entire world. We're one of the best. And we've proved that with the statistic that I think one out of every three players that has represented the national team is a Tar Heel. And I think that's something I prided myself on when I applied to be here, to go to the University of North Carolina, and then ultimately when I became a part of the UNC women's soccer team. The two aspects of how UNC and U.S. soccer are interrelated. Because even now, we've got so many former alumni that are involved in the highest office of U.S. soccer. So like Cindy Parlow, she essentially runs the federation. And I think that's so unique because Anson has a hand in women's soccer itself. And I think that is so cool to be in his presence every single day
2: the translation is you've been accepted all the way and obviously part of that is because you're a great soccer player but also goes back to your family and how you were raised I will say this Brianna one of the things that I want to stop doing and I want other people like me broadcasters to stop doing is just to automatically compare you to crystal Dunn because she's black at the end of the day you're a great soccer player and she's a great soccer player and has nothing to do with the
3: color of your skin right Yeah, absolutely. But, okay, I always modeled my game after Andres Iniesta. It's actually the reason I wear number eight, along with Kobe Bryant um, earlier in his career. I think Kobe Bryant's mentality is something that I loved to watch. And then the way Iniesta, when he was at Barcelona, like how he carried himself on the field. He was the master of time and space and creativity. And... He could create and score goals at any given moment. And I think his composure was something I wanted to model my game after because I don't think it's a common trait in the women's game that you see every single day.
2: Brianna, do you feel extra responsibility? And let me try to phrase this the right way. But, again, talking about your amazing family and the platform that Hassan, it's like soccer at North Carolina, and your mom, Melita, played softball at UNC. I used to live in L.A. I know Hassan was out there hanging around the Lakers and the Bus family and doing really neat things. My point is you've done some really amazing things. Your family's done some really amazing things. So that also changes your platform in that it's not like inner city situation here. It's one of your parents have worked hard to give you this platform, and then you worked hard to take advantage of it do you feel extra responsibility because of that scenario
3: um responsibility no the reason i say that is because i think it's ultimately a blessing that was placed in my hands to just lead the life that i get to lead and i think remaining grounded throughout the whole situation or like or remaining grounded every day really i think that's the way you pay back all that you've been given in life and even things as simple as bringing others along the way and empowering them. So the way I do that is I'm mentoring uh, young female athletes with Voice in Sports, which is a new startup company that empowers female athletes. And I get to talk to younger soccer players and tell them about my journey and advice that I could share that they're currently going through, that I've been through. And I think when you've been given a gift or an exceptional number of opportunities that aren't exactly normal, you have a responsibility in that sense to give back to others. I think the reason I am where I am is because I've had so many different people who were invested in my future and who have given me advice and helped me along the way. And ultimately, I want to do the same for others because I realize how big of a role that in my life
2: just a couple more questions with the talented Brianna Pinto who is our featured guest on this week's United Soccer Coaches podcast I like that you said remain grounded because I've had the pleasure of working with your dad and Anson on the vision of a champion podcast that hopefully will be released soon and one of the things I always love is seeing you in the background periodically when we're interviewing Tobin Heath or Mia Hamm or Danielle Egan Reyna, or these superstars I mean, when you say you're staying grounded, but you also have that kind of exposure to, you know, probably people that you looked up to growing up, how cool is that?
3: Um, It's amazing, but I think at the same time, when you get to be in the presence of these people, you should value them as regular people. And I know that sounds weird, but an example is when I got my first chance with the women's national team in 2017, Like, not even two years earlier, Alex Morgan had given me her cleat. And to be in an environment where we were essentially teammates, like, that was weird for me. But as the days went on and I was, like, the feeling of being starstruck kind of wore off, I realized that they're just another human who just loves the game. And I think we need to do a better job of seeing them as people rather than superheroes because at the end of the day like none of us are perfect like i know that sounds weird but being in their presence of like somebody who's a worldwide figure who has gone on and paved the pathway that we're essentially on now for the game of women's soccer i feel like we owe them the respect by treating them as regular people and just being grateful to be around them and learn from them rather than seeing them as like a larger-than-life being who can do no wrong because that adds a lot of pressure to like what they're currently doing and The influence they have on others.
1: I can say that she speaks the truth based on her reaction after several of these Amazing interviews, but you did tell me that it's been pretty cool hanging out with some of these former stars
3: Yeah, it's so cool to like learn from them and I think Something I love about the Carolina community is they're always going to look out for you So when I was like in camp with them Tobin Asked me all kinds of questions about like what's high school like at the time and then like how did the 17s go? What did you enjoy? What didn't you enjoy? And I think like getting to know each other as people is more important than anything
2: tonight Wake Forest obviously unprecedented times with this terrible pandemic but we're going to try to get some games in i'm on the call against wake forest what does it mean to you to put on that tower Heel jersey tonight and take on wake forest
3: i'm just incredibly excited i'm thankful for the opportunity to play i'm thankful to be healthy because i know a lot of people are struggling with the effects of covid or just other issues right now and i'm just grateful for another opportunity to represent unc and be out there with my teammates it just brings a smile to my face every single time i get to get on drawing field and do my thing I look forward to it and it never gets old I think we're so fortunate to be playing soccer in one of the best collegiate stadiums in the country
2: let's end with this brianna as you are truly inspiring in fact i can't tell on this phone call which one is the 50 year old and <laughs> you're so bright intelligent and inspiring and that means young girls are looking up to you and young girls are looking up to you as a superstar player and as a woman of color during a time of social injustice what is your message to those young girls particularly those young girls of color
3: don't ever let somebody limit your dreams. you can do anything that you set your mind to be confident in who you are and make sure that along the journey you stop to appreciate everything that comes with it the failures and the hardships included because ultimately that's how you grow as a person the last thing i would add is just make sure you're having fun and enjoying yourself because with your journey in sport you ultimately started playing because you loved the game and enjoy yourself while you're out there and I think that should be an intrinsic motivator for everybody who plays because it should bring you joy.
2: Well I definitely will have joy with all due respect to my good friend Tony lose if I'm able to call your name scoring a goal or two tonight Brianna can you make that happen?
3: Absolutely that's the goal every time I step on the field I'm looking to straight or score goals so that's the goal.
2: Brianna Tinto thanks so much for being on the United Soccer Coaches Podcast it's been a pleasure.
3: Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it.
1: What a great way to kick off the show and coming up next, a five-part series, the United Soccer Coaches, Latino Coaches Advocacy Group Heritage Month. Julio Serrano, the chair of the Latino Coaches Advocacy Group, that man is all in. He has booked five amazing guests. We begin with Arturo Hernandez, who also has a great podcast that I think you'll find fascinating. His theme is about being yourself. This yourself be comfortable in your own skin i like his message arturo her name The game hasn't changed, just the game plan. The United Soccer Coaches Digital Convention will be held January 11th through 15, 2021. In the coming weeks and months, we will be releasing more information on the big event, including presenters, diplomas, networking opportunities, and registration information. So stay tuned to hear more about what United Soccer Coaches will be putting together for the ultimate event for coaches of all levels. This is the United Soccer Coaches
2: Podcast, presented by Team Snap, and we are kicking off a five-part series, the United Soccer Coaches, Latino Coaches Advocacy Group, Heritage Month. And I want to repeat, Heritage Month, because their heritage is strong, and we want to hear it, we want to learn about it, and we want to share. And we kick off with Arturo Hernandez. He is kind enough sometimes to go by art for those Gringos that can't roll the R, and I can't. But Art Hernandez is a talented man who joined the Latino Coaches Advocacy Group in January. He's a podcast producer and a podcast host. He hosts the Latino Coaches Advocacy Podcast, which is really cool. So, you know, this man can talk and get it done. Let me welcome Arturo Hernandez. Thanks for being with us.
4: Hi, I appreciate that introduction, and uh, I'm very appreciative of your time.
2: Well, I'm appreciative of your time, and I'm appreciative of this five-part series, Julio Serrano, who is the chair for the Latino Coaches Advocacy Group. I see that man. I see his name. I smile because I know where his heart is. Art, tell me you see that as well. Yeah, you,
4: you know, and I saw it first at, in January at the convention. Uh, luckily, my friend convinced me to attend and one of my biggest goals was to go to the advocacy meeting and then To a presentation of Latino coaches' history, and that's where I kind of met Julio, and we talked very briefly. Obviously, there was a lot going on, but you could sense the energy in the room, you could sense his passion, and you could also sense his ability to transmit a need for our work and the need for our voices to be heard. So, from that standpoint, I think he's done a fantastic job of kind of sort of rallying the troops. East and West Coast, and making sure that we're contributing in the best way possible.
2: Your theme is being yourself. But before we get to that, Mr. Hernandez, this is Heritage Month. One of the things that I like about it, though, is it goes to over two months. It's a five-part series. What can you tell us about what Heritage Month means? It means a lot of things for a lot of different people.
4: For me personally... I am an immigrant myself. My parents are immigrants from Mexico. I am an immigrant myself, and I've been in this country now, fortunately, for about 30, 35 years. So I've been here a long time. But within those 34 years, I've been able to travel and go back home and certainly make the U.S. my home as well. So what it means to me is to be able to have that connection with your family, with your culture, with your roots. I guess it's more than a connection, it's being able to openly celebrate what is uniquely yours if you can celebrate your traditions if you can celebrate even like birthdays even like the quinceanera even weddings even you know all different types of events but if you can celebrate all those milestones and all those important things in your life but celebrate it in your own unique way that is being able to
2: celebrate your culture and your heritage so this theme being yourself that moved me in your own words Arturo Hernandez tell us why you picked that theme and you've got the floor tell us why it's important to be yourself in the Latino coaches world
4: so there's a couple of different reasons why I wanted to talk about being yourself and one of the biggest things is as coaches I know when I was a younger coach I received a lot of information a lot of information and a lot of it was really good and and a lot of it wasn't so good and I think as a young coach I had to decipher what was good information and what was bad information and that's called the collection phase you know so you're collecting information and, and you're deciphering through what's good what's not what works what doesn't and it takes sometimes it takes a long time to figure out what works I know it took me a long time what to figure out what works for me so I think in trying to discover who you want to be as a coach and your style of play and that stuff, that that stuff is all important and all good, but there are bigger things than the S's and O's, right? You want to figure out how you want to to talk to your parents. You want to figure out how you want to talk to your players. You want to try to get establish a culture that encourages the love for the sport that, you you know, at least I as as a coach have. You know, and I think while that takes a little bit of time, I think it's very important for every single person, every single coach to identify what that means to them and figure out this is what is uniquely mine. This is how I want to transmit information and and coach and have fun with this. Because yes, it's a job, but but it's a very fun job. You know, and we're very lucky and blessed to be able to, to do this. So how can we make this our own, and how do we make this ours?
2: And I feel like your message on being yourself, and I actually appreciate the clarification that you subtly put in there, Art Menendez, and that is about as a Latino man in this country, you have to learn to adapt at times and sometimes maybe modify that type of thing. Hopefully we don't have to do that anymore, and that's kind of what you're saying is, right? Just be yourself, accept me for who I am.
4: Correct, Co- correct, and, and that doesn't mean you don't grow and you don't change, you know, right? Yeah, you, you certainly want to, everybody wants to be accepted, wants to be heard, wants to know that, they, that they, their opinions matter and, and, and whatnot, but I think to, to a, a bigger degree, you can still grow, you can still learn, but can you now, with those differences, maybe not enhance, but can you now make that experience even better? Because there are those differences. Because as someone with different cultural background, I can now provide more information, a different insight, different points of views, and give that and transmit that to, to the players.
2: We're here with Arturo Hernandez, who is part of our United Soccer Coaches, Latino Coaches, Adam C. Group, Heritage Month. In fact, he's kicking it off the topic, is Being Yourself, which I absolutely love. And I know you are yourself out on the soccer pitch. You work for Lionel. Soccer club. I love your message on LinkedIn when you say training and coaching is what I enjoy doing. There's no better feeling than when I see all my hard work into action on the pitch. I fully believe it's all about the players and the sport. And I feel like every member of the Latino Coaches Advocacy Group shares that same sentiment.
4: A big part of the passion and the love for the sport comes to us from being in in an environment of just the competitive soccerist life kind of environment, you know, and I know that that's not uniquely Latino or uniquely Hispanic. However, I think the way that we enjoy it, the way that we experience it, is certainly unique to us. And we obviously want to transmit that to the players and to, to the parents and let them know, like, like listen, like, <laughs> like, I, I, I get that, you know, we have to coach a certain a certain way or do things in a certain order so we can try to get our message across, but can we also bring that unique little spice or that little element that we have and enhance, enhance that experience for for the players' development?
2: So you joined the Latino Coaches Advisory group in January, Julio Serrano, who I could talk to all day, every day has been so inspirational, and I know we already touched on it, but really in a time when he needed something to grab onto, this opportunity is there, and he he works every day. He pushes every day. With his push, what do you think the mission is for the Latino coaches, advocacy group, particularly as it relates to being yourself? What's the main mission there?
4: To be able to have
2: a voice, to be able to provide opportunities
4: And honestly, it's not just to Latino coaches or Latino players, but it's all players in the Latino community. It's players that maybe feel like don't have a voice. You know, coaches who feel like they're in an island by themselves. One of the reasons that I joined and one of the reasons that I started the podcast was because I remember who I was when I was 12, 13, 14, and I didn't have mentors. I didn't have people obviously outside of my parents, but I didn't have people that could guide me or, or help me along and, and tell me what the path was. So I think part of our, our mission and part of our vision is to create that voice, create those opportunities, and try to show those kids in those communities that you exist, you, we are here, there is a path for you, and hopefully we can provide a little bit of help on your journey.
2: Arturo, as you see this national and even global push uh, but definitely more national for equality and to end systemic racism for black and brown people how are you feeling about this push because i feel like the dialogue is finally real obviously we need to keep it going and i will say personally
4: for myself right i've been i grew up in, in south central los angeles right i grew up in that environment and i love that environment you know, it, you know obviously. That's where I grew up, and I'm very proud to say that. I would say that a lot of people that maybe perhaps have the right intention, like myself, and, I, and I'll include myself in that, have the right intention, have the right thoughts, but don't necessarily know or, or have more, or put more thought into their actions and into their words. And what I mean when I say that is, for example, I think I'm very progressive. I think I'm very, I have friends. Of, of all ages, races, sexes, genders, but there are still things that I do that I don't recognize that may be hurtful to someone or may rub somebody the wrong way or may, you know, simply not, not because I mean it, not because of habit, simply because I just don't know any better. So the discussions that we're having, these topics that we're bringing up and, and this time that we're giving the protesters and Black Lives Matter, that's important. Like, we need to be able to educate ourselves within those topics to be able to really talk about what's important to the community. And the other thing that I would add to that is also when we speak about females and girls, you know, and women, I think they have a lot of the same issues where someone like me who believes that they're doing the right thing, who certainly wants to do right by by everyone, sometimes doesn't because I'm just not educated enough to, to know better, but hopefully, through these movements, through these talks, things will get better for everyone.
2: When you think about United Soccer Coaches and you think about their inclusivity, including not just Latino coaches but black coaches and LGBTQ and and religions, I feel like long before we've had this necessary push, that United Soccer Coaches were already a step ahead. They already had their arms open to everybody, no matter what you look like, no matter who you like, no matter what you were about or where you came from. Please tell me that was a draw for you as well.
4: So I've been a member of United Soccer Coaches for about five years now, you know, six years. I've only been coaching for for about 10, so I'm still relatively young when it comes to coaching. So the thing with inclusivity and offering these, these platforms and these voices is that there's very few people and places that offer them. So, for example, a lot of our conversation in the Latino coaches group is we have this platform, we have the space, we have the time, Let's make sure we make the use of it. So when it comes to to all the different groups that United Soccer Coaches does have and does provide, you would hope that everybody put their own grain of salt to help each other and to to recognize these groups and to help grow these communities because United Soccer Coaches does offer that platform for us. So why not make the best use of it? I know for myself, and it's not that I didn't consider myself Latino, I'm Mexican, I'm Hispanic, I'm Latino. However, when I joined the group, it opened my eyes to a completely different world in the sense that i am now become more in tune with the needs of my community, the needs of my players, and I'm able to, to truly help and truly make a difference just based on uh, knowing what the issues are. And, and I didn't know what they were fully before I joined the group.
2: As we close out, and I am going to end with an opportunity for you to promote your podcast and tell people where they can find it and maybe even mention some guests that you've already had on. But I want to circle back one more time to being yourself and kind of give you a chance just in one sentence to say what that truly means so that it echoes through all of our great listeners and members of United Soccer Coaches. Being yourself particularly as it relates to being Latino. What does that mean, Mr. Hernandez?
4: It means being proud. It means being proud. It means doing the right thing. It means carrying the legacy of your family, your father, your grandfather, your your mother and your grandmother, and making sure that you're making them proud, you're making your family proud, and understanding what
2: your heritage is and and to make sure that your legacy lives on. I love that answer, and I also told you that I wanted you to promote your podcast, where people can find it, the name of it, some of your guests. You have the floor, my man.
4: All right. So I appreciate it. So I actually host and produce and um, co-host this podcast with Mario Fernandez. It's called the Latino Coaches Podcast. We're available on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, all under the same name. And our podcast is actually in English and in Spanish, so we have both languages there, and I think that's representative of our community and where we want to go, right? I'm a Latino man, I speak English, you know, so I don't necessarily need all my content to be in Spanish. But I've been very, very lucky. I've had Anthony Flores, who's the youth technical director with the Philadelphia Union. I've had Marcelo Antonelli, who actually wrote the book Soccer Powered by Futsal. We've also had Rochon out of um, Azteca FC, who has very deep roots in her community. And last but not least, you know we had a couple guests, but last but not least, we had Ian Barker and Vince Gasberg coming on and talking to us about coaching education and the opportunities that we have through United Soccer Coaches and other avenues to continue to grow as coaches.
2: Arturo Hernandez, thank you so much for kicking off the first of a five-part series for the next five weeks, including today's show. We'll have the United Soccer Coaches, Latino Coaches, Adams to Group Heritage Month, the first of five. Arturo Hernandez, who is not only a great member, he is using his voice, but most importantly, folks, he is being himself. Arturo. Thanks for being on the podcast.
4: Thank you very much, and be yourself. Don't be anybody else.
1: There's only one you. And there's only one Damon Rensing and Dewan Jones as we continue our Big Ten in 10 series. Almost done with all nine Big Ten men's soccer teams. We realize they're not playing right now. There is hope maybe they'll squeeze some games in even in the winter, definitely in the spring. So with that, Damon Rensing, the man played there. He was an assistant coach there. He's been a longtime coach there. Several lead eights, college cup a couple years ago. And Dewan Jones who was a great midfielder along the right side, but now playing right back for Bruce Arena at the New England Revolution. Michigan State men's soccer, Big Ten and Ten. minute visit with all nine Big Ten men's soccer head coaches and a distinguished alumni from each program. I'm Dean Linkey, and today we're going to Spartan land, the Michigan State Spartans and we're pleased to be joined by a lifetime Spartan in every shape, their head coach Damon Rensing and the great Dewan Jones who was an all Big Ten player now getting it done for the New England revolution in Major League Soccer. Damon and Dewan, great to be with you both. Thanks for Really? All right, Damon, let's start with you. When we reached out to you about Big Ten and 10, you were so excited about asking Dewan Jones. Before we go to him, when you see his progress at the next level and you know him as a person, how proud are you of Dewan?
5: Well, extremely proud. And, and you hit it when you touched on the person part. I think he's a, an exceptional soccer player, but an even better person. And I do think with a player who's got some talent like Dewan, certainly some athletic gifts and and technical gifts but he he really worked on his game in college i think people should know that it wasn't like he just showed up at practice played his 60 minutes and went home he really developed his game i think he got more into watching video and and that's where you see him excel in the professional level i think is because he's put all that extra time and i think people should know he's a talented player but he's an extremely dedicated and hardworking player as well
1: that's a great setup, and Dewan. I'll tell you what, I feel like coming home with you because I've known you forever. You're in the high school All-America game that I called, and then I introduced the speaker at the banquet afterwards, and then went over and started talking to your mom and dad, and they said Michigan State, and away we went, and then I felt like every Michigan State game I called, your dad was right there, and you could hear him louder than anybody else. So I feel like you, I've known you forever. The journey's been pretty awesome. Talk about that journey with your family family because they've been there every step of the way
6: yeah they've been they've been so important just making all the sacrifices from youth soccer you know taking away their weekends to go to tournaments across the country uh i just can't thank them enough i mean those two have always been my biggest supporters and they're still with me every step of the soccer journey so i'm just very thankful for them
1: damon as a coach when you heard mr jones yelling and hooting and hollering over there that added a little something <laughs> to your fan
5: base <laughs> Yeah, hey, he was right there with the Red Cedar Rowdies, you know. He was great. But I think Dewan hit it on the nose. They are great supporters, his parents, and, and they've been great. And, and you know, I, I think that echoes a lot of the Michigan State soccer parents. They're big supporters of their kids. They've raised their kids right, and, and they make my job a lot easier. It's his type of parents that make my job a lot
1: easier. Duan, so proud to have you on, particularly during this time of social injustice. When you think about Black Lives Matter and then just looking at you, what you're doing, you make the transition to right back. It reminds me of Crystal Dunn being very vocal and saying, look, I'm not just an athlete because I'm black. I'm a technical soccer player and I can play anywhere on the field. That's you right now playing right back for Bruce Arena and the New England Revolution. We got to keep that dialogue going because that's a fact
6: yeah definitely i think just with how much media attention that it's getting right now i think it's great um just bringing more attention to to the injustices that black people and people of color face on a daily basis so i think just the more people know the more we can start to make change and then we can just keep working our way towards equality yeah well Dewan has been like i
5: said he's a very high character person and one of the things that has always impressed me is people don't know is Dewan's major is elementary education so he's you know, this is not a glamorous position. You know, this is something that you're in it for the youth to develop people around you. And, you know, I think all young people, especially those of color, need great role models. And I think Dewan will be a, a great role model for all young African American elementary education students and, and athletes that are developing in, in, in the greater Michigan area and all around
6: this country.
1: Dewan, how important is it for you to be a role
6: model? I think it's huge I think Damon hit on the head especially as a as a black male in this country just so young black Americans can see a black male succeeding not only uh, athletically but in the classroom and in the community Um, so I just want to be that I know I had some some role models looking up to to look up to when I was uh, younger so just to be that for someone else is uh, really important and really big for me
1: talking about role models or mentors Damon Rensing took you in you're a true Spartan now you're coached by a legend of the game Bruce Arena Hall of famer one of the all-time greats how has that transition been it's been great from one great coach to another great coach uh, i
6: mean bruce i really love his attention to detail um we'd watch a lot of film and then um just the little things uh same with damon it was just the little things getting those little things right and just little tips here and there that are just continuing to make me a better player and it's going to make me hungry and want to learn and get better every day.
1: Knowing how the Big Ten prepared you for the next level, you've now got Big Ten teammates on the New England Revolution that you played against. When you travel, you'll run into Mr. Chapman and other Michigan State Spartans as well as Hoosiers and Wildcats and Terrapins. Do you make that connection with the Big Ten players when you see them?
6: Definitely. Uh, I think it's cool. Like you said, it's like sometimes I didn't know these guys when I was playing against them. But now that we're at the next level, it's like, hey, what's up? Like, the Big Ten, like, how you doing? And then you just, you know, you get friends like that. So uh, it's been pretty cool to see some of the Big Ten guys succeeding at this level is... It just, it just shows how good the Big Ten was in preparing us for that next level.
1: And, Damon, when you hear that answer and you think about the fact you had all those runs just recently to the Elite Eight, knocking on the door of the College Cup, then you make the College Cup just a couple years ago, knocking on the door of a championship for you when you sit back. Another layer to that is all these players that are making it to the next level. As a coach, that's got to be something special. It
5: certainly, you know, kind of validates what you think you're doing as far as trying to develop these young men as players and and try to prepare them both you know on the field and off so that's certainly great to see guys like Dewan, Fatai, Chapman and then we've got guys uh Jimmy Haig and Patrick Nielsen are playing in USL so we've had a good a good run of players and it's it's neat to see and certainly the conference seeing all those players out there playing it 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 certainly develops you and prepares players like Dewan for that next level in MLS.
1: Juan, I feel like you always wanted to be a Spartan. If you know the story about Damon Renton, I'm sure you do. He played there, he was an assistant coach, he's a coach. He's been a Spartan at least 50% more than he's lived in this world. Uh, That's gotta make you proud to be a Spartan as well.
6: Definitely, I mean, growing up in the East Lansing area, I mean, I've always been green and white so I had a couple of uh, family members that went to school before me as well my older sister my cousin my aunt they all went to Michigan State so for me the decision was pretty easy it was just waiting for that offer so thank you David. <laughs>
5: well the decision was pretty easy for us to to go after you and recruit you too so there was a,
1: it was a pretty easy match and a pretty easy recruiting process and it was great. When you think about so many great moments for DeWan wearing the green and white, is there one special moment that comes to mind, Damon Rensing, during his time as a Spartan? You know, I don't know. I,
5: I have a different story maybe. I don't know if anybody really knows it, but, like, we were subbing him um, subbing off right before halftime. And, um, you know, I said, hey, slow down. We were winning 1-0. I said, slow down, you know, like kind of work the clock a little bit. And there was a player that was waiting to come on who doesn't get a lot of playing time. And he was like, coach, Hey, I was just trying to get my teammate as many ticks on the clock as I could. So that's what was in Dewan's mind was trying to help out a, out a teammate, but he certainly had some amazing uh, plays. I know he had some great goals and um, you know, he, um, there's none specifically that come to mind, but I think his overall impact on each game, the way he dominated the wings and, and pushed teams back and, and had probably as many assists as
6: he did goals. Can you pick a moment, Duan? Oh, man, I mean, the goal against Michigan was pretty special uh, in their own backyard. (laughs) How did I pick that one, huh? How did I (laughs) pick that one? (laughs) The other moment that will always stick out is uh, just when we won the Elite Eight game at DeMarion. It was our final game. And the year before, me and Corrigan looked each other in the eyes and just said, like, we will make it to the Final Four next year. And then just for it to all culminate into that moment in front of our own fans going to the final floor. It's a special moment that I'll never forget.
1: That's Big Ten and Ten, Michigan State, Damon Rensing, DeWan Jones. Guys, thanks for being with us. Thank you. Thanks, team. Thanks for having us. Go green. Go white. Go green, go white, and go with one more visit with our final 30 Under 30 member. That's right, folks. I am so proud to tell you that we were able to track down and interview all 30 members of this past year's 30 Under 30 class, all 30 of them, 15 amazing women, 15 amazing men getting it done under the age of 30 around the passion and love of the game of soccer. The last man standing, Gabriel Rocha, this guy is a great story, he's been coaching soccer for free because he wanted to make a difference in his community and in addition, man's got big dreams, wants to help the USA win a World Cup. I like this guy. In fact, a good, good one to end with. Gabriel Rocha, our final thirty under thirty guest. Did I mention we got all thirty? How cool is that? Gabriel Rocha, when we return. (laughs) Team Snap's awesome. I have five teams on Team Snap. There are no questions asked by the players, the parents.
7: Very easy to use. Very, very, very easy. Simple to use. Everyone, you know, everything's right there. Messages, availability, boom, boom, boom. I've looked at
5: at other things, and I think Team Snap sets the bar for this type of team management software. It's the best that I found.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, listening to United Soccer Coaches Podcast, I'm proud to tell you that we've done it. We now will have spoken to all 30 members of this year's 30 under 30 class. We tracked them down. Gabriel Rocha, number 30 out of 30. Welcome to the United Soccer Coaches Podcast, Gabriel.
7: Thanks so much for having me on, Dean. We're delighted to have you. As we realize
2: part of the reason why it's been difficult to track you down is you're always working. You're a full-time woofer. You're the head varsity coach at Catalina High School. You're the director of coaching for FC Sonora, so there's really no time, right, Gabriel?
7: <laughs> yeah, my my schedule's pretty full. You know, I got, a, got my hands full, but uh, you know what? Uh, I, I love it. I wouldn't have it any other way.
2: Well, you obviously had enough time to submit the application for the 30 Under 30 program. What was your inspiration to apply, and what was your reaction when you were named part of the 30 Under 30 class?
7: You know, my inspiration is really for my community, you know, I, I live and breathe for my community and, and, the, and the boys and the young men and women that I coach. So for me to do this, put my name into the, the hat, and it's really for them so that I could just bring more to them, bring more to my community, more resources, more knowledge, and just a better experience. For me, it was, it was a great feeling. I was completely in shock, honestly. I felt like I had a good, strong resume. I felt pretty good. I... It might be my third time applying, so I I didn't get in the first two first two times. Third time was a charm, and uh, you know I was just absolutely humbled and to be considered, and, and I still am, to be honest. Still feels a little surreal, but uh, but now it's just like one door's open, another one closes, and I'm looking forward to the the next the set of challenges that uh that await me moving forward.
2: What's been the best part so far of being part of this thirty under thirty class?
7: Uh, definitely, a, a, all the networking and connections. Meeting my other uh, candidates was great in Baltimore. I Built some fantastic relationships with some of the my fellow 30 and the 30 classmates, and keeping those up but once we left the convention. And well, I did a podcast over the quarantine uh, with one of my fellow uh, classmates, Ted. So those connections, for me, have been just absolutely invaluable. I've um, reached out to Julio Serrano, and we've been working together with Moyo Orvina and the Latino Advocacy Council. So all of that has just been just an amazing experience to, to be able to help and, and be a part of the process in soccer in the U.S.
2: We're here with Gabriel Rocha. I want to know the whole story. The door wide open. Tell us about your family, where you grew up, where you went to high school. Did you... Play after high school? Did you have jobs before this one? Tell us your story.
7: Yeah, definitely. So I grew up um, the oldest out of five, and uh, my dad was started coaching for AYSO, probably going over twenty years now. And so I played. We grew up playing the sport. You know, we grew up uh, multi-sport athletes. All my siblings and uh, my dad well, coached them all. And uh, when I was about seventeen, the AYSO down in Tucson asked me you know, hey, you want to coach? We need some we need some U6 coaches. And, and so I kind of threw my hat in and, and was like not sure what to do. But, you know, there was, a, there was a moment where I decided that, you know, I absolutely love this. And, and I began coaching alongside my dad for a couple of years, and, and uh, that was great. We, we grew through AYSO in our region, uh, dissolved players. And then about four or five years ago, I decided that this is something that I really want to pursue. Started taking more and more classes coaching at a higher level and uh before you know it i'm coaching at a high school and director of a club and it's been a wild ride you know but it's just been something that i'm just been extremely passionate about and just for me it's been about serving my community presenting you know opportunities and and giving as much knowledge as i can back to those who may have not been able to afford you know a higher more expensive club or, or whatever it is you know um, So one of my big things is uh, I'm not a big fan of the pay-to-play model. And so I've been a volunteer coach pretty much since I started. You know, I don't do the coaching fees, nothing like that. Even though I could easily go to a club that will pay me, you know, a good sum of money for... You know, being a 30 to 30 candidate winner because it's, for me it's not about the money. It's about it's about building a, a love of the game, building stronger communities, preparing these kids for life after soccer. A holistic approach to what we do, and that's kind of been our defining characteristic for these past couple of years.
2: Wow! Talk about saving the best for last. What an inspirational message right there. You talked about your family, your dad coaching forever. I gotta believe Captain Obvious here, Gabriel your dad your family must be so proud of you
7: yeah they definitely are we grew up you know in, in uh, you know just uh, you know a, a great household of extremely blessed to, to grow up with with the family that I did and so we we constantly strive to just do the best that we can um, by no one else's measure just making sure that we put our whole heart into it and that's all I've tried to do and and they're so proud they my dad's incredibly proud and my mom and, and my siblings you know and you know now just i just raised the bar for my younger siblings so and that's that's kind of what it is you know so i i expect them to do even better so um, be on the lookout for those guys too
2: well we'll keep an eye out for the rest of the rocha family but as we continue to watch gabriel rocha 10 years from now do you think you'll still be doing it for free, or do you have aspirations to maybe do something even even bigger in the game?
7: Yeah, you know, I, I definitely want to. You know, my, my goal, my dream, uh, my dream is, to, is to, to coach the U.S. to a World Cup. That's the dream. You know, is uh, to be the one who leads the U.S. to that first World Cup berth. Uh, it's a lofty dream. It's, it's, a, it's a big one, but that's where I want to be. I want to make. I want to have an impact uh, across the face of u.s soccer you know i want them to make it accessible and and have soccer really represent the best of, of what we can offer um, because i think that's as good as, as good as we've been you know i think there's so much more there's so much we could be so much better you know so for me it's about that end goal how do i how do i get to the biggest stage much like the athletes that i train who dream of you know, holding up the Champions League trophy, or the Premier League trophy, or the World Cup trophy. How do I get there? How do I get to represent the U.S. on the on the biggest you know sporting stage in the world? just show that this this kid from Tucson, Arizona, you know, who worked his tail off and and believed in his dream and can achieve it. You know, that's you know, that's all I want to be is just set out and just do my absolute best.
2: You know, I've asked that question probably 150 times now, as long as. The 30 under 30 program has been going to every single member, and that might be the best answer I've ever heard. So, with that, Gabriel Rocha, I'm super proud of you. We're going to keep our eyes on you, and I know your family's
7: proud of you, too. Well done, young man. I appreciate that. you know the words of encouragement along the way have mean everything to me. so I appreciate uh, taking you the time, you know uh, to interview me and saving the best for last, as you say. You know, it's been a great honor to to represent the thirty in the thirty class, and I look forward to holding that tradition and uh, helping usher in the new coming in class.
2: We did it. We talked to all thirty of our incredible 30 Under 30 Class, 15 Outstanding Women, 15 Outstanding Men, capped by Gabriel Rocha. I want to thank Remy May, who works at the 30 Under 30 Program, and Michael Knipper and Sean Chevrolet And the whole game. We've done it. The 30 Under 30 Class complete. And this has been the United Soccer Coaches Podcast, presented by Team Snap.